0: Welcome to another episode of Pixelated Perspectives Podcast. I'm Tanya Verquin. I'm so pleased that you're tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Now, this is a topic that comes up daily. I see posts about this on social media daily. And a lot of the times, when people are posting, they're asking questions about how other people handle anxiety. And they say comments like, I can't get out of bed today, I'm so anxious. Or the only time I'm not anxious is when I'm sleeping. Those are more of the extreme cases that you know I read about. And then if you're more like me, where anxiety is something that you might deal with periodically every now and then, and it's more, you know, mild. There's be there'll be some days where I'll wake up. And anxiety overtakes me. Either way, most people, I think, can relate to experiencing some degree of anxiety. And so whether it's severe or more mild and it's more fleeting, in either case, it really is helpful to know how to downgrade it. Because without downgrading it, life and the day just are so much harder. We're just not getting done what we need to get done. We're not feeling as well. We're not showing up in our day as we would want to. And our bodies aren't operating at their optimal capacity. And so having a tool to fall back on and use at any point, whether it's at three in the morning or three in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. Anybody can use this simple method or technique To downgrade anxiety. Oftentimes in life, circumstances require being viewed from alternate perspectives in order to gain new insights and awareness around them. Like stepping back from a painting of little shaded squares until it reveals the clear intended picture. Welcome to Pixelated Perspectives, the podcast intended to offer new perspectives into your health and overall well being, explained through the lens of German New Medicine. I'm your host, Tanya Berkwin. I'm an artist, family woman, and nature and life enthusiast. So let's get into it. Society really has conditioned us to believe that we are powerless regarding our health concerns. And the the propaganda, the conditioning, the fear-mongering has allowed us to feel reliant on conventional mainstream health models and health systems and when it comes to anxiety this is just another proponent where we feel like we need to outsource to health systems you know quote-unquote health systems and conventional models in order to feel better. Often people feel like they need to take antidepressants or some sort of depressant that allows us to be able to handle their condition. But the truth is that is all just conditioning. That's all just marketing and we're not powerless at all. And in fact, when we're aware of nature's laws, of these biological laws of nature, we understand that the only thing that stands between us feeling well and anxious is our own perception of it. When we look at anxiety from a biological perspective, a biological point of view, it's always during a conflict active phase that we'll feel anxious. Just like the animals in nature, we are endowed with this biological wisdom and our autonomic nervous system automatically switches into a prolonged state of fight or flight While we are conflict active, once we have experienced a conflict shock, what Dr. Hammer called a DHS. Now, the whole biological purpose of putting an animal or a human, us, into a prolonged state of fight or flight is so that you have the energy to resolve or cope and survive the conflict. Now, the subconscious mind or the psyche doesn't know the difference if you have a literal threat. You know, if you're literally in danger where you come upon a conflict that requires you to escape a very real threat or if it's more a figurative threat or danger. Either way, the body, the autonomic nervous system responds the same way. And so anxiousness is just a natural result of being in this sympathetic state so our blood vessels constrict our heart rate um, rises and you know we're ready to run we're ready to fight we're ready to do whatever we need to do to cope or survive and resolve this this danger this threat or this conflict shock that we're dealing with and so at the on the level of the brain in the level of the psyche or subconscious mind we are completely enveloped with this, this problem, this conflict. So we are obsessively and compulsively thinking about this problem, this situation, or this threat. And that is causing a a level of anxiety because our goal needs to be to resolve this conflict, to cope with it. So anxiety is just a natural component of being in a state of conflict activity. Anxiety can also be developed from a constellation. This is what Dr. Hammer termed several conflicts at once that are in both sides of the brain hemispheres. And one of the constellations specifically is a frontal constellation. And it you know can present obsessive fear of you know, what's ahead. It will cause behavioral changes and anxiety, acute anxiety, is one of the behaviors that are produced from this specific constellation knowing though that there's a biological purpose for anxiety will help us be able to understand that it's not us it's not something wrong within us it's not a chemical imbalance it's not you know our body and brain making a mistake and this is again going back to the conventional model, and the messaging is that that's the case that there's a, you know, some sort of imbalance, a chemical imbalance within the brain if you're experiencing panic attacks all the time and you have anxiety constantly. So it's not that it's, it could be a constellation or it could be that you are in a conflict active phase of a conflict shock. So either way, is biologically meaningful. So the first thing to understand is it's not a mistake. There's biological meaning behind it. It has purpose and significance. That understanding alone is a complete paradigm shift, a complete shift in awareness and consciousness of the conventional medical model And even the holistic medical model, because the holistic side still doesn't have an understanding about constellations and the psychology behind behavioral tendencies like anxiety, like panic attacks. You know, they still fall under the realm of there must be an imbalance somewhere as far as chemicals within the brain. So now that we've kind of covered that there is biological significance to anxiety, there's a purpose behind it, we need to be able to pull out the tool. Now, there are loads of different ways that people cope and deal with anxiety. But this is one way that I personally handle it and downgrade it. And the tool is awareness. Now, you might be disappointed. You might be thinking, oh, what kind of tool is awareness? Like that's not really tangible. Well, awareness is the most powerful tool that I've ever come across in downgrading anxiety. Because if we are not aware that we're in a state of anxiousness because it's such a natural feeling or our our minds are so busy and we can't really stop to feel what's going on then we're not in a position to shift out of that state. If we are not in immediate danger, right? So let's say that we are in a conflict shock. We find ourselves in the first phase of the two phases. This is the second biological law. We find ourselves in a conflict active phase. Let's say we had a conflict shock. And now we're dealing with it. We're dealing with the conflict, the situation. And we're feeling anxiety. We're feeling that panic. And we're waking up at three or four in the morning and we're not eating. And, you know, our extremities are cold and we're obsessively talking about the problem. If we're not aware that these indicators show us and tell us that we're in a conflict active phase, then again, we're powerless. We're powerless to make any sort of changes. So awareness comes in at this point. We have to recognize that, in fact, all of the indicators, we've got all of those indicators that show us our autonomic nervous system is in a sympathetic state. It's in a fight or flight state. And so what can we do to downgrade? What can we do to resolve that conflict as quickly as possible? And the most effective way to do this, I find personally, is to become aware the inner dialogue. So what is it that you are obsessively thinking about? If you have to write it down, like get out a pen and paper and just start unloading. Let your pen just begin writing and don't edit it. Don't judge it. Just let it come out. Um, Even if you want to use that, you know, voice recorder app on your phone. And just press play and start talking like you're telling a friend about what's going on and just get it all out. And then you can go back and listen to it or read what you wrote down and you, you get an idea of this inner dialogue of what you're telling yourself, what you're obsessively thinking about. And this is going to be really, really enlightening. It's going to help you pinpoint the conflict and it's going to help you discover The language and the way you speak to yourself. And it's only when we become aware of that that we move ourselves into a position to make some shifts. So, this is what I do personally when I find myself in this, you know, compulsive state of mind, recognizing that I am in, yes, a fight or flight sympathetic state of the nervous system. And so, for me, anxiety is something that comes and goes every now and then. And so this is the tool I use. If you're somebody who anxiety and panic attacks are more constant, and this is something you experience every single day or most days of the week, this method will still apply. It will still be very, very useful. And in fact, it might be even more eye-opening than if it weren't something you dealt with every day. Because if Anxiety is something that you progressively and continuously deal with. That means that on some level, there hasn't been the level of awareness brought up about your anxiety. You might know what triggers you to be anxious, or if it's ongoing, you might know that, yes, I'm anxious, and it stops me from doing this, and it stops me from doing this. And you might know what you are capable of doing. But all of that doesn't necessarily mean that you are aware of your inner dialogue. Because, again, unless we're aware of what we're telling ourselves, we're not in that position to shift out of it. Inner dialogue. This is where you're going to want to focus. This is the awareness. This is that tool of awareness. So the same thing. Get out a piece of paper and a pen or put the voice recorder on. Do something to get the thoughts in your head out so that you can become consciously aware of the thoughts. Not just so that they're out and now you can throw them away, but you need to become consciously aware of them. It's the conscious level that we need to bring this to our attention so that we can start seeing what that dialogue is. What are we telling ourselves? What is that constant message we are you know, replicating day after day, hour after hour to ourselves. And this will be completely enlightening again. Now, it might take a couple days to get the information down or to really be able to do this at a level where you feel you have enough information. But even if, you know, you spend a minute, like 60 seconds, just being still, you know, taking the deep breaths to calm down the nervous system, and then just listening to the inner dialogue, you'll still get a hint about what you're telling yourself. And that will allow you to start examining whether those thoughts are actually true. It's so often the thoughts that we continue to perpetuate to ourselves aren't even the truth. They're just beliefs. Our subconscious mind does not know the difference of something that isn't true. Or something that is not true. If you have a belief and faith around a thought, then your subconscious mind has accepted that as truth. So examining the inner dialogue will help bring up beliefs, and in that point, you're able to look at them and figure out are they are they actually true? You know, if is what I'm saying and telling myself the truth. This is a really, really empowering place to be. It's empowering because now you can shift out of those beliefs if you find that they're that they're just not the truth. They might have been beliefs of somebody else. They might have been beliefs of a friend or your parents or a teacher or a colleague and you accepted it as truth. But you know, you can change what you believe. And a lot of times when we are in constant anxiety, we're not in any real threat, right? Most of the time, it's it's all perceived threat at the level of the subconscious mind. Because remember, the subconscious mind or psyche does not and cannot differentiate between a real physical threat or a perceived threat. And so if the inner dialogue is constantly saying yes you know, and giving our subconscious mind the messages that we're, we're in danger constantly, this is what's going to keep coming up. It biologically has to come up if this is constantly the messaging that is being streamed into the subconscious mind. So that is why awareness is the most powerful tool that I have been able to use. And one other thing that awareness allows us to be able to do in in any situation is it allows us to be able to choose you know how we want to continue to look at our situation because when we're aware and, and we can see what the inner dialogue is, we see what we're telling ourselves we see the story now and it's all becoming clear we get to choose whether we want to continue that we want to perpetuate that same story. And if we do, we'll just, we still get the same results, right? So we can choose. And most of the time, we, we want to choose something more empowering, more supportive. And so the awareness allows us to be able to shift into a new perspective, to perceive the situation differently, to look at it differently, to start changing the inner dialogue and making it more supportive. And this might not happen, you know, right away. If, if anxiety and panic has been part of your day-to-day experience, this might take a while. But at least you are cultivating the awareness to make the shift. And sometimes this does happen immediately where you're moved out of the, the panic, you're moved out of anxiety faster than you ever thought possible. That is the power of awareness and then being able to choose from that point of view. I was on um, a canoe with my husband and youngest daughter a few weeks ago on the lake and the lake was so beautiful and still and tranquil and, you know, we had eagles flying around us, we had osprey and, you know, I was just looking at these birds and thinking, wow, the vantage point that they have, the, the perspective of the situation or environment that the birds have is so different than what our vantage point is what what we're perceiving on the lake is so much different than what a bird would perceive looking down from that vantage point i know our minds don't work the same as the birds but it's the whole concept of being able to shift our perspective and to recognize that there's other vantage points there's other ways to look at our situation. There's not it doesn't just have one way and that's it. So it's when we can allow ourselves to recognize there's different vantage points we can come and look in look at our situation from that will help us be able to shift out of that set of beliefs, that really rigid state of perspective. And and it just plays along with awareness. First, the awareness has to be there. And then you're able to have the thought of looking at it from a different perspective. So I hope you can see how important the tool of awareness really, really is for this. It's the first thing that you need and it's the thing that allows you to be able to shift out of that state. I invite you to share with me your experience with anxiety and with panic and you know what are some of the ways that you have been able to cope and downgrade your own anxiety and if this has been helpful I really really hope it has been I'd love to hear about it. All my contact details will be in the show notes so look there if you want to reach out. I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook group it's called New Perspectives Ditching the Conventional Health Paradigm to Feel Better and like the name applies this group is all about Helping support you through your health challenges, through any concerns you may have or issues or conditions, helping you to feel better by not going conventionally and aligning instead to the laws of nature. I do weekly live training videos in that group on the topics that are coming up within the group and within uh, direct messages and private messages that I receive on a daily basis. So. Come on over if you're on Facebook and join that group and hopefully you really get a lot of value out of it. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. If you found some value in it, please consider subscribing and leave an honest review in iTunes. I'd love to help get this information out to more people and go ahead and share it with a friend. You can reach and connect with me at tanyaverquin.ca or on the socials at Tanya Verquin.